What's up, everybody? Long time no talkie. Brian Alter here, sports talk, unfiltered, unapologetic. And I'm back finally, episode 11, September 27th, Friday. It's been a long time coming. I've been gone, man, since May. And uh, I wanted to first start off real quick by thanking everyone who's listened to my pod in the past and hopefully will continue to do so. I am the type of guy that's grateful for anybody that spends any of their free time listening to the content I put out there. It's essentially all my thoughts uh, completely off the top of my head usually. And I have been gone for a few months. I'm trying to still get a hang of how I want to work this thing. Football is my main passion. Sports are my passion. But football and the NFL are are definitely head and shoulders for me above what I, I love the most. And after the draft and some other things I had going on personally uh, with my health, even getting some a little bit of a scare at the doctors, my blood pressure, and I kind of just uh, got on a whim with that, looking into changing on the keto diet and doing some other personal things, and it just kind of made my pod go to the wayside. But I've been thinking about wanting to put another pod out there for a while now, and I just haven't had the the something to put me over the top to do it. So for whatever reason, I've been itching and now I'm back. And hopefully I can get a steady flow going here of doing this once a week and coming up with, you know, some new and fresh topics to talk about that's surrounding sports and whatnot. So I wanted to also take the time to thank my uh, people out there that are listening, my friends, family, you know, especially even those who don't know me and, and spend their time listening to this. But I've definitely been encouraged uh, my brother D nice asking me sometimes when I get to work, like, Hey man, when are you going to put another pot out? I don't got any content to listen to in the morning on the way home. Big B Ryan Balzarini, other of my friends, obviously who take the time to support me, brother and best friend, Bobby, uh, big Lou, Luis, all these people have kind of listened to this thing and gave me positive, um, you know, feedback and also constructive criticism. So I'm still trying to get my feet underneath me with this thing. And I'm trying to figure out how I can get better at it and also have some fresh takes and topics that people are interested in. So anyway, it's perfect timing. The NFL's back. We're three weeks in, man. Uh, last night actually was a kickoff of week four of the Packers and uh, Vikings. I'm sorry, Packers and Eagles. Eagles are 5-0 and now uh, under Doug Peterson on Thursday night. That Thursday night game is a killer. I actually enjoy it. I enjoy it more than Monday night football now for whatever the case. They're usually a ton of interdivision games. A lot of the time and for sure, interconference games, you rarely see the AFC versus NFC matchup on that. It's usually some type of division game. And actually D nice was telling me this, that part of the reason is these guys are on short rest coming off of Sunday. So they're basically having to go out there banged up and they don't want them traveling that far, which would kind of explain i don't think philadelphia and green bay are too far from each other probably i'm guessing that's about a i don't know two three hour flight max but that was a good game and the thursday night games it's kind of ironic but ever since fox started getting involved and they have aikman and buck on there uh those two guys must be tired as hell by the way working as much as they do especially joe buck um the games have been you know really intriguing and so that starts off our week four. We're three weeks in. After this weekend, week four will be complete. We'll be a quarter of the way through. There's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. I think I was going to kick it off with who I feel right now. Obviously, the Chiefs and Patriots are kind of there, and then it's everybody else. I've heard 
Um, and I obviously listen to other pods and stuff. There's a lot of people um, championing the Cowboys right now. Dallas is um, America's team. They they have ton of fans nationwide. They also have fans in the media. The media, as much as they're supposed to be impartial, they're also biased. Now, I think Dallas um, has got a really balanced team. They have a really strong defense. They have a, a really good offense with a great line, great running back. Dak Prescott's, I think this is going to be his fourth year, I want to say, and he's came into his own and seasoned and got and developed more. He's gotten better in the passing game. He's still a really good athlete, knows when to run and throw. He's a smart, good quarterback. I just, for whatever reason, don't feel like they are ahead of the Rams or Saints, in my opinion. Now, I know the Saints right now don't have Breeze, uh, but I got a buddy of uh, mine, Freddie. He talks about how he thinks Breeze is you know, a solid a, to good quarterback, but he's not the Hall of Fame level uh, player as much as it's Sean Payton's system that's made him that. And so Bridgewater stepped in, and it's only been one game, but it does show that that, that system is fit to make quarterbacks look good. And I think that the Saints are a well-coached team. They have a really strong defense, and they have great offensive weapons with Kamara and Thomas and some other players. So I also think the Rams, a lot of people were worried about them having a Super Bowl hangover. Um, we like to razz a buddy of mine, Jose, at work about it. He's a Rams fan. And I at first thought that they were going to have a big Super Bowl hangover. And what I'm kind of coming to grips with now after seeing them play through three weeks is, is the Rams are just a really good team. They're very well coached, and they just have ballers on both sides of the ball. Um, they have good weapons on offense. They, they're balanced. Um, Gurley isn't the player to me that he even was last year. There's something going on there. They're not disclosing what it is. It's really weird. He looks explosive on certain plays. Then there's times where he kind of doesn't. They're not giving him the ball a ton. Now, I don't know if they're just trying to save his legs or if there really is something wrong with him. Um, to me, it was glaringly obvious it was last year because he had a little bit of knee issues heading in towards the end of the season. And then he just wasn't playing that much, especially in the playoffs and then Super Bowl. That, to me, was the kind of player he was all year. And you're talking, at one point, I thought he was going to be the MVP hands down. And it just became glaringly obvious that he's just not the same and something was wrong with him and I uh, physically. And I think that still is probably the case in some manner. I don't know if it's some degenerative um, knee issue that that basically is popping up and they don't know what it is or if it comes and goes. But even having said that, the Rams got Robert Woods, they got Brandon Cooks, and they got Cooper Cup. And those three guys on offense along with Goff and McVay's play calling, and you combine that with their defense with Aaron Donald and some other really good players. Weddle is... Older, but still a really smart, good player and a leader on that defense. And I think the Rams, to me, are still the class of the NFC. I'm a Niner fan. I, I, I can't stand the Rams, but I can't stand every all 31 of the other teams. Uh, I hate the Rams more than most, just like I hate the Raiders in Dallas. And that's just how it is being a Niner fan. But I still am going to call it like I see it. And I think the Rams are still the class of that that conference. And I think the Saints are right there with them. And until I see Dallas knock one of those two out in the playoffs, I'm not going to rank them higher than that. Um, now, we'll see how the next few weeks play out as far as the Saints and how they do without Breeze. Rams and Niners have a really, really, really big game coming up. I think the Rams, I can't remember off the top of my head who they play. It's somebody in L.A., though, this upcoming um, week. 
And after that, I can't remember their next game, so I apologize. But they should be 5-0 and heading into the, a showdown with San Francisco in Week 6. Niners are on a bye this week. Then they play the Browns after a bye on Monday Night Football at home on, at Levi's. I don't know if they'll win that game. I, I would like to think they will, but I know they'll be the favorite. And if they do, they'll be 4-0 and and Rams will be 5-0. and and They're going to flex that game from, from uh, Sunday afternoon to Sunday night on NBC. That's a given. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that through the first three going on four weeks now that the season's uh, been exciting, I think when you have the, the Cowboys playing well, Packers playing well, uh, Patriots obviously playing well, Rams have some stars, the good teams with the star players when they're playing well, that that's good for the game. I kind of wish that there was a couple of the other classic teams that that weren't so much kind of down in the dumps a little bit, but the Giants are, are pretty bad. They stink. You almost kind of wish that, you know, football's just at its best when those teams are good. The Raiders and Steelers, as much as I can't stand either, they're still uh, classic NFL teams, and it, it makes for better watching when those teams are are at the top of their peak and and heading toward a, play, toward a playoff berth. I wanted to get into Patrick Mahomes a little bit here and a couple other players uh, on the next topic. Mahomes, man, is just an animal. I mean, it's it needs to be talked about. And I, I know it's probably been beaten to death a little bit, the topic, but I don't think people realize how great this kid is. He just has so much natural ability and just plays like a total seasoned vet. It's unbelievable. I mean, the records that he's breaking – to me, they're getting some praise, but they're getting a little bit underappreciated almost, if you can say it, because of the fact that we live in a passing era, right? But this kid's played 20 games. I mean, he hasn't even started two full seasons. 32 games is, is two full seasons, okay? He's basically started 20 games. So a season and four games worth of worth. That's about it, right? He's got... 13 300 yard games out of his 20. I mean, is that just amazing? I mean, he has completely smoked the yard record, okay? 300 yard game record, touchdown record, and I think even the passer rating record. He's got like I don't even know how many it is. It's a, a huge amount over 100 rating out of those games. So, this kid is just amazing and fun to watch. The game needs guys like this. There's constantly guys that are coming in and out of the league, and it's a cycle, right, of stars. But the game always needs stars to carry it, and that goes for any sport, really. And Patrick Mahomes is like the perfect guy to carry this league the next 10 years or so and and be the face of the NFL. Uh, He's a great kid. He's brilliant and bright. He knows how to play the position. He's got a great attitude. He's a good teammate, and he's just a really fun player to watch. The throw he made at Oakland, I think it was either week two or three off his back foot in the dirt for like 60 yards in the air. It was just like, holy cow, man. Is there anything that this kid can't do? He just sees the field uh, like he's been playing for 10 years. It's amazing. And he knows, has complete uh, chemistry with his guys out there. They both know where each other is going to, you know, his receivers know what he's going to be kind of doing with the ball. Even when he's improvising, they seem to always break to the right spots. Um, if he has a busted play, it needs to make a throw. It's just the chiefs right now, they look unstoppable, but what's going on is new England 
could be their kryptonite. And New England will use that same shtick that they used last year where it's us against the world. Everyone's counting us out. No one's giving us a chance. That right there is just total BS. That's something that I don't blame them for sitting there putting in their own head. They might hear some schmo from Iowa or somewhere else say it and then basically post it in their locker room and act like everyone else is saying it. But until New England gets beat by the Chiefs and Mahomes, they're the top dog and they're basically somebody that I'll pick to win until it happens, okay? Because last year, they went into Kansas City. Kansas City got pretty much shut down the whole first half, made adjustments, came back in that game, and New England weathered the storm and walked out of there with a Super Bowl trip. So I need to see Kansas City get over that hump. And until I do, I'm going to have New England favored as the AFC person or team to come out of it again. I think that the Chiefs are playing lights out right now. And I think I don't have a problem with you ranking them ahead of New England, but it just feels like they're on a collision course to meet again. And if the Chiefs go 14 and 2, 15 and 1, they're probably going to be the one seed again. And I still think I would pick New England to go in there and beat them possibly. Belichick, you give him some time to write up and, and conjure up a defensive game plan for anybody, even Mahomes. And the way their defense is playing right now, and then you got Brady and their offense, their weapons. McDaniel's calling the plays. It, it's this again, until you see that kind of stopped that, how can you go against it? But it's fun stuff. It's, it's awesome to watch. And they're actually going to be playing again. I don't know if it's on Sunday night, but I've, it's later in the season, like week 14 or 13 or something, those two teams play. So I'll be looking forward to that. Hopefully both teams are pretty healthy when the time comes. And I think that we're going to get treated to another new England and uh, Kansas City matchup, which would be great. So I think if you look at the other teams in the AFC right now, the Colts have been really impressive. They really have. You lose Andrew Luck, and I mean, that was a shocking kind of thing for even probably his own locker room, uh, fan base for sure. You had all those schmucks booing him um, at the field that day. And then you have basically uh, just a well oiled machine in new England right now. And people probably think I'm exaggerating, but when you look up and down their roster, it's just littered with really solid players. I mean, they, they, they got Hilton and a couple other receivers. They got good tight ends. Brissett uh, has came in there and played awesome. Um, I'm glad he's had the opportunity to get, to go in there and get the full-time gig and prove himself. And you could tell he's hungry and you could tell he's a good leader. He also throws a nice ball. He just, goes in there and, and makes the right plays, the right throws. And I actually think that Indy has a really good shot at the playoffs. I think that Houston will too when it's all said and done. And then I think Baltimore will too. Now who's going to get into that sixth spot is anyone's guess. It could be Buffalo, who's 3-0. and You know the Chargers are going to somehow kind of crawl back into this thing and start playing better, especially they get Mo- uh, Melvin Gordon back coming up soon here too. So I think that, that the Chargers and the Bills – are kind of my two picks a little bit to start battling for that spot. Pittsburgh at 0-3, I don't see it. Cleveland is 1-2, and but they play the Ravens this week in Baltimore. Then they play at the road against San Francisco. I think that the Browns, and I said this on this podcast, and I've said it to anyone who will listen, that I picked them to be an overhyped, overrated team. They are getting too much pub that on paper that – they look good when the year started and when the offseason was taking place. But like Lee Flower says, they're paper champions. huh? 
That's what the Browns are. They're paper champions. They haven't gone out in the field and proved it. And their schedule is brutal. By the time they get through this stretch of like the next month or so, they could be staring down like one in six or one in seven, something crazy like that. I mean, it's that bad. Not only that, their offensive line is terrible. I know the Rams got a good D-line, but Baker Mayfield was running for his life the other night. I mean, it was like ridiculous. He can't even drop back and get past his first read. And I know Rex Ryan said he's a one-read quarterback. Well, Rex, he's got one read right now only because he's running for his life after two seconds. You can't sit there and go through your progressions and make the throws to your second and third option or reads if you don't have any time. And right now, their line is terrible. So until they shore up some things they have going on on offense and they can get Mayfield in a rhythm, they are going to struggle to win games because not only that, they're playing really, really good teams. And so I think when it shakes out and it's all said and done, I think the Chiefs cakewalk win the West. Patriots cakewalk win the East. Baltimore cakewalks and wins the North. And then you're going to have Indy and Houston battling it out for the South. So that right there is five teams, okay? And then you're going to have Buffalo and the Chargers, in my mind, probably battling out for that sixth spot. I think the Bengals and Browns and Steelers are toast. Miami's obviously toast, or the Jets. And then you come down to the Raiders and also, who am I leaving out? Uh, There's Broncos. I mean, man, Denver, three games and not a single sack. I think, you know, they're hanging their hat on defense and they're not even playing that great there. So uh, poor Vic Fangio, he's been an awesome defensive mind in the game for so many years and he might be one and done. And it's really kind of, they weren't really giving him a fair shot to begin with. Elway really needs to revamp a lot of that roster. Uh, they have so many holes and bad players on offense that they, they, they just can't hang. So if they're not playing good defense, then they really have no shot. Let's get into this Antonio Brown stuff again. <laughs> Man, I swear to God, if I was doing this for a living, this guy would be putting food on the table for my kids. Holy moly, he is this content city. If you're somebody in the media or covering you know, sports for internet, athlete, the athletic, ESPN, whoever, this guy is like a, a journalist's dream. But for all the wrong reasons, if you're him. Look, I've shown my support of Brown in the past at times. He's a hell of a football player. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. But what's happened is he kind of strong-armed his way out of Pittsburgh. There are some serious red flags there. We've talked about this in the past. You know, when you have six straight years of 100 grabs and 1,200 yards, and you're a seven-straight-time Pro Bowler, basically on the complete fast track to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, and the team that you're with cuts you, knowing they're going to all that, and they're going to take a $21 million dead cap hit. That's got to be some serious, serious red flags to these other ball clubs. So I was basically sitting there with my, you know, hands together, praying that the Niners were not going to pick this guy up in the offseason. I knew that he would get a shot, obviously, somewhere. The whole Buffalo thing went down, and he strong-armed his way out of that, that he didn't want to go there. And then he goes to the Raiders. I thought that the Raiders stuck their neck out for this guy, Okay. They went and gave him 30-plus million bucks guaranteed. Gruden was going to build the offense a lot around him, and I think probably whoever they were going to take at running back, which ended up being Josh Jacobs. It was a perfect weapon for Carr. Brown has got ability to be elite in the short to immediate passing game and even on deep balls as well. He's just a great player. 
And he completely burned the Raiders. I mean, it was this bush. And I think that they took the risk and they have to be at fault for that, for giving up the third and fifth round pick that they did, because that was the price they were willing to pay to get him and take that risk. But never in a million years in their wildest dreams would the Raiders have imagined that it would have gone the way it did. And the way he handled himself was so unbecoming and unprofessional. It was just laughable. The whole cryotherapy thing to him constantly taking off from camp and then coming back, taking off from the helmet thing. You know, it just screamed me, 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 and not team at all. And I kind of just thought he really, really didn't do himself any favors and became the villain, and rightfully so, after he treated the Raiders in the in the manner that he did. You know, they stuck their neck out for him again, and he came in there and just burned them in that whole situation. I was actually still shocked that New England picked him up in a small way, even though nothing New England does should pick, you know, shock you, should I say, whether it's guys they pick up or guys they cut in a heartbeat, which they did with Brown within a week. It seemed awfully convenient that he had a couple charges brought against him right after he went to New England. I'm not going to get into the whole charges thing. None of us are there. I don't like victim shaming or sitting there telling you know that somebody's a liar or not. I don't know what happened in either one of those cases. What I do know is how he handled it was completely the wrong decision on his part. Every single guy, when you're in sports or in some type of high-profile situation, if you want to protect your brand, whether you're innocent or not in those type of situations, you let your lawyers do the talking. That's what you're paying them for. You basically, if you're innocent and believe you're innocent, you say that and that's it. You shut up. You let them do the rest of the talking or whatever. This guy's going on group text messages and you know it's him because it's his phone number and they prove that. Then he's actually boasting about the act that she's incriminating him for. I mean, you talk about self-incrimination right there. I mean, what are you thinking, man? You know, it's just crazy. So whether he gets off on either of these charges and is scot-free from the league, that's all fine and dandy. But what it, what's happening is he's burning bridges with almost all of these teams. And it's going to get to the point where he's not going to have very many suitors left. And this is one of those situations where somebody that cares about this guy, man, whether it's someone in his family or his close circle of friends or just a former teammate or, or whoever, you know, they should reach out to him and try to talk some sense into him because it's the way he's handled himself and his career and everything else that it's completely obvious that he's deranged. It's either that or something else, but how can you in your right mind think that your behavior has been acceptable or of that of somebody who's not a me guy and is a team guy? And I mean, at the end of the day, football's a brotherhood, just like any other sport, right? The guys in the locker room are in there working their tails off together and they have one common goal. Now, of course, there's guys that their checkbook and other things come first. But I think for the most part, man, players have pride and they want to win and they want to do well. And I think that when the guy next to you is all about himself and not about the team, it doesn't resonate and it causes problems and, and division. And I think Brown is giving off that type of attitude to a ton of these guys now. You see Eric Weddle and him getting into it, other players calling him out. It's just a it's a type of thing now where where I think that he's starting to get that reputation big time, right? Everyone sees what's going on and all the stunts he's pulled. And I think it's 
in a way, kind of turned sad, right? I don't know for certain that this guy is going to be in the NFL again. I think that he'll end up getting another chance because I think that the charges will end up ultimately not getting followed through by the league and he won't get suspended. And then some team will probably take a chance on him. But if you're a playoff team or a team with playoff aspirations, you are just flat out stupid if you pick that guy up. Because you think a locker room that big where there's 53 guys plus some practice squad guys plus a few guys that don't make the, the you know, I guess that it's included in the 53, I'm sorry, that don't suit up on Sunday. I think they suit up like 47 and six don't suit up out of the 53. Either way, it's a lot of guys in that locker room. And you would think, well, one guy is not going to poison the locker room. <laughs> BS, man. I think that if you have a guy like that going in there and pulling that type of act, it can really cause division and stress and drama within that locker room. And you can even say, well, I got a veteran locker room here. They're not going to allow that to happen. Why even put them in that position? I understand that this guy's productive, but at this point, he's just proven to everybody that he's a me guy. And I don't think you can chance that at this point. I really don't. It's uh, kind of a sad state what it's came to. He just was such a great player and on such a, a Hall of Fame path. And now it's kind of, it's crazy how quickly it's all ended. Just in a matter of week 17 last year to now, like six months, it's like, boom, kaput. But Antonio needs to look in the mirror and he needs to accept responsibility for his actions and behavior and realize that this is a me problem because you're being a me guy right now, not a team guy. And I think if he had a kind of come to Jesus moment with that, with himself and really accepted his, you know, responsibility and kind of went and, uh, you know, accepted things and tried to start over and was genuine about it, he could resurrect his career. I just don't see that happening at this point though. Well, that felt good, man. Slammed out a quick pod. I try not to have these things go too much longer than 30. Uh, you know, that sweet spot for me is probably that 30 to 45 minute range. I'm not at that Joe Rogan experience level, man, where I can uh, interview Alex Jones for four hours or some scientist from uh, Mississippi or whatever, you know, studying tornadoes for four hours. So anyway, uh, I hope you guys uh, give it a listen and, and hopefully I can get some good content on a steady basis, maybe once a week, I'm hoping now. I wanted to, again, give a shout out to those who uh, have been encouraging me and supporting me to get back on it. Special shout out, obviously, more than anything to my wife as well. She's traveling uh, to Seattle to see her good friends, uh, and they're having a baby shower there. And She's going to be in Portland all week next week working, so um, I'm playing a little, uh, you know, Mr. Mom, Dr. Mom, Daddy Daycare. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, she's been really encouraging me and, and wanting me to get back on it. So, uh, Ruby, I love you. Have a safe trip. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Some nice matchups this weekend. And hopefully I'll be back Tuesday night or something like that. That's my goal. And we'll talk again uh, about football, the NFL, maybe some other things. I'll get into the KD and Kyrie Irving net situation. I got some thoughts on that. I just didn't want to run this too long. So we'll get into a uh, post week four stuff, and maybe a little bit of some NBA and some baseball playoffs. Have a good weekend, you guys. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you then. Take care.